Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Going Deeper. Uh, we are very thankful to be provide a midweek podcast that just allow us to take a, a, a deeper look at the topics that we are discussing. And if you enjoyed the intro music to this podcast, want to let you know that is a guy who we know very well at Hope. His name's Matt Phillips. He's a worship leader at Life Baptist Church, which is a church we were able to plant several years ago. And his band, MP and Co, is on MySpace and also on iTunes. So if you enjoyed that music, please check them out. They would very much appreciate your support. Well, we're in a series at Hope called Sizzle, Topics That Heat Up a Conversation. And week after week, we've been addressing some really hot topics that our church voted on from a biblical perspective. And every week, we've been giving a defining statement that is really the essence of why we're doing this kind of series. And here's the defining statement, that as a Jesus follower, I must know what I believe, why I believe it, and be ready to humbly communicate that with other people. And we feel at hope that that's a big deal, that as we go different places in our city and around the world, that we shouldn't just say things and expect people to take them at face value, but that we should be able to give substance to the things that we say, the things that we do, and why we believe what we believe. And we feel like it's important that Rather than approaching people and condemning them or yelling or causing some kind of huge debate or argument, that it is very healthy to sit down with people who agree with you and people who disagree with you and have a healthy conversation um, that is just true and that is beneficial for both parties. And it's been really awesome as I was preparing uh, for this weekend, I had the chance to address the Mormonism and Christianity topic and help our church kind of navigate uh, through that through that arena. And it was awesome leading up to the weekend to see people who were just encouraging and pointing me to different resources and letting me know that they were praying for me. Uh, that was a huge encouragement. Um, but But it was really difficult to really land on specifically what do you talk about? Because there's so many things, so much information. How do you boil it all down to really just articulate what needs to be said in that kind of context? Um, But it was cool to see this weekend people come up from other churches, uh, some that were members of the LDS church who friends from Hope brought with them to say, you know what, we enjoyed the message. Now we're headed to lunch to kind of discuss what's going on. And we were able to see people people saved this weekend, and it was just a really... Um, exciting time to see God's Word go forth in power and impact people's lives. And today what I want to do is I want to let you listen to about a nine-minute clip from uh, uh, one of the leading voices around the 1980s, 1970s, uh, voices in terms of apologetics. And apologetics just simply means defending the faith uh, is, is the real simple definition of it. Uh, but a guy named Dr. Walter Martin has written numerous books and was really one of the leading voices in, in debating and communicating with people of other religions and other belief systems. And I want you to take, it's going to take about nine minutes, but we're going to put a clip on here from one of his lectures entitled The Maze of Mormonism in which he compares Mormonism and Christianity. And I just want to warn you, uh, it's really old school. And so don't hear the first few seconds and then just shut it off. He is going to be sharing some unbelievably powerful truth. And so maybe you'll just take a few minutes, listen to what he's going to talk about as he compares the Mormon idea of Jesus to to what the Bible teaches of who Jesus is and just really give some nuggets and some truth. And then I want to come back after that's over and give you some resources. 
and share with you. If you're here saying, you know what, I need to know more about what Mormons believe so that I can have a conversation with them. I want to share with you some resources and some ways that that can happen and things that will help you in your journey. So take a few minutes, listen to Dr. Martin from his lecture, The Maze of Mormonism. I think one of the things that ought to be faced is the truth about the Mormon Savior. Quite frequently, Mormons will say, as one of them said to me at Lakewood, and one of them said to me at St. Andrews in Newport, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I asked the question, which Jesus? And this Mormon lady, long time in the church, said, what do you mean? Which Jesus? I said, you know, there are lots of Jesuses running around the landscape. There's the Jesus of the Jehovah's Witnesses, who's the Archangel Michael. There's the Jesus of the Baha'is, one of nine great manifestations of divinity. There's the Jesus of the Spiritists, who's an advanced medium. I said there's the Jesus of the Theosophists, an incarnated world soul, the Jesus of the Unitarians, an extraordinarily good man. And then there's the Jesus of the Mormons, one God among many gods, the offspring of Adam, God, and the Virgin Mary, the spirit brother of Lucifer, who became Satan. And she looked at me, and she said, what did you say? I said, that's who he is. It's found in your own writings. May I draw it to your attention? It's found in the Pearl of Great Price. There was a great argument among the gods about who was going to be the savior of the world. And Lucifer stepped forth and spoke. I'm now quoting the councils of the gods. This is Mormon theology. This was what Lucifer is supposed to have said. He's supposed to have said, I will be the Savior. And he's supposed to have said that none should be lost. He offered himself as the Savior to the council of the gods, and he was rejected. His rejection by the gods and by the Father God, Elohim, caused him to revolt and be expelled. Jesus was chosen as the Savior. Jesus, according to Mormon theology, was the spirit brother of Lucifer before he entered the world. I submit that whatever kind of theology this is, it is certainly not Christian theology. For Jesus Christ was never Lucifer's brother. Spirit or flesh, he is the creator of the angels, creator of the angels. He is not, by any stretch of the imagination, brother of the devil or of Lucifer before he became the devil. Yet you will find in Mormon theology that statement. He also, and I'm quoting again, celebrated his own marriage to both the Marys and to Martha, whereby he could see his seed before he was crucified, Apostle Orson Hyde. Jesus had at least three wives. He was a polygamist. We're not talking about the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible was conceived by the Holy Ghost. The Jesus of the Bible was creator of the universe. The Jesus of the Bible made all things. The scripture says, for by him were all things created. Colossians chapter 1, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities and powers, all things were created by him and for him he exists before all things. And it was he who said before Abraham was, I am, claiming that he was God himself in human form. This is the Jesus of the Bible, but it is not the Jesus of Mormon theology. Don't settle for Joseph's Jesus. Don't settle for Brigham's Jesus. Settle for the Jesus of the Bible. That's the only one who is able to save.
and to transform. I want to tell you something. God touches Mormons. He touches cultists and occultists. He touches anybody. Why? Because Jesus Christ's gospel can penetrate the darkness no matter how gloomy it may appear. And the Holy Spirit is able to open the eyes of people no matter how deeply embedded in sin they may be. And Mormons are not to be considered objects of wrath. They're not to be considered objects of argument. They're to be considered souls for whom Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross. A mission field on our doorstep. They put us to shame in knocking on doors for another gospel. Would to God we knock on doors with the true gospel and with the living Christ. That's the real challenge. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved, past tense. Not by yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. Not by works, not by works, not by works. That has to be pounded into the souls of men. It is by grace that you have been saved. Your works testify that you are redeemed, but they do not contribute one whit to your salvation. Joseph and Brigham have deceived you into believing that you must work for redemption. It is true that faith without works is dead. Why? Because works are the natural outgrowth of a living faith. But works don't save you and the New Testament doesn't teach it. New Testament teaches grace saves you through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the New Testament teaches you that faith in Christ alone delivers from all the powers of sin. Now Brigham Young didn't believe this. And he taught a doctrine which the Mormons have been trying to cover up for years. He taught that awful doctrine of blood atonement. And I want to quote this because a great many people don't believe it, but they ought to listen to it because it's a very thorough presentation and Brigham taught it. Listen to it. Quote, There is not a man or woman who violates covenants made with their God that will not be required to pay the debt. The blood of Christ will never wipe that out. Your own blood must atone for it. The judgments of the Almighty will come sooner or later and every man and woman will have to atone for their covenants. All mankind love themselves and let those principles be known by an individual. He'll be glad to have his blood shed. I can refer you to plenty of instances where men have been righteously slain in order to atone for their sins. This is loving our neighbor as ourselves. If he needs help, help him. If he wants salvation and it's necessary to spill his blood on earth in order to be saved, spill it. Close quote. And they spilled it. This was the doctrine of blood atonement where Mormons who believed that they had sinned beyond the blood of Christ's power to save were summoned by the high council and executed for their sins. This is what Brigham refers to. There are some sins the blood of Christ will not wipe out. Your own blood must pay for it. The horror of this doctrine is that what Christ's blood can't pay for, yours can. But 1 John 1, 7 and 9 says... If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, keeps on cleansing us from all sin. That's God's promise. He and Brigham do not agree on eternal salvation. The thief on the cross looked to Jesus of Nazareth and said... Lord, remember me when you come into the kingdom. He was a liar. He was a thief. He was a murderer. He was lost. 
And in that one moment he cried out, save me. What would Brigham say to him? Well, listen. Quote, some of our old traditions teach us that a man guilty of atrocious and murderous acts may savingly repent on the scaffold and upon his execution will hear the expression, bless God, he's gone to heaven to be crowned in glory through the all-redeeming merits of Christ the Lord. This is all nonsense. Such a character will never see heaven. Close quote. That's a lie. Jesus Christ can save. At the last minute, those who come to him by faith. The God of the Mormons is not the God of the Bible. Polytheism separates us from Mormonism because we are monotheists. The Mormon doctrine of Jesus Christ is the antithesis of biblical revelation. It teaches that he is the offspring of Adam, God, and the Virgin Mary by sexual intercourse. It teaches that Jesus of Nazareth was the spirit brother of the devil before he entered the world, or Lucifer who became the devil. Mormon theology teaches that Jesus was a polygamist. The Jesus of the Mormons is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Mormon doctrine of salvation is that you are saved by repentance, baptism, faith, and good works. And the Christian doctrine of salvation is you're saved by grace through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Period. And that your works testify to this salvation. And the Mormon doctrine of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young as prophets of God is contrary to the biblical doctrine because, as we have seen, they speak not according to the law and the testimony. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, that brief clip from Dr. Martin's lecture, The Maze of Mormonism. He was a leading voice in speaking out for the truth of God's Word to many, many people. And I've enjoyed reading him and studying him in preparation for this sizzle series. Well, a lot of people were asking me this weekend, how do we, how do we learn more? What are some legitimate resources that we can trust, that we can look to to speak to us about Mormonism or any other religion that's out there? And I want to give you, if you want to give you three books, and then I also want to give you a website. Um, in terms of speaking directly towards Mormonism, uh, one of the great authors that I've read and came across, his name is Ron Rhodes, and he wrote several books, one of those being Reasoning from the Scriptures with the Mormons. And it is excellent at looking at some of these big central issues, critical issues to our faith, and showing the difference in terms of what Mormons teach and what Christians teach and, and as we look at the Scriptures. And it's a great resource you may want to check out if you have the chance. Another book that he wrote, um, we're actually selling it this weekend, sold out, and so we have some coming uh coming in the mail so we can continue to sell those in the weekends to come. But it's called The Ten Most Important Things You Can Say to a Mormon, also by Ron Rhodes. And it's kind of a smaller book, but it's it's a great summation of really at its essence, what are the big key central differences in the teachings of Mormonism and the teachings of Christianity. And the guy you just heard a few minutes ago, Dr. Walter Martin, he wrote a book, and it's not in print anymore, so you're going to have to go on Amazon or somewhere to find it and probably buy a used copy, but it's called The Maze of Mormonism, and it was written, I think, in the 70s, but it is a great resource. He takes an in-depth look at the life of Joseph Smith, how Mormonism originated, what the teachings are, and it would be a great resource for you if you're wanting to dig a little bit deeper. Now, in terms of just um, apologetics in general, in terms of just having an overview of a lot of different religions and cults and belief systems, Josh McDowell wrote a book called A Ready Defense. 
And it is 60 vital lines of defense for Christianity. And it just gives some topics and some different belief systems. You can go and, and get as much as you want from that book. Um, but it would be a great resource for you just to have on yourself as you seek to be a defender of the faith uh, to different people who don't believe the same thing you believe and that you can uh, speak clearly and humbly to let them know the truth that God's Word teaches us as followers of Jesus. Also, a great resource that is on the web is found at mrm.org, Mormon Research Ministries. Uh, and it's, it's designed specifically to help Christians be informed as to the beliefs of Mormons in different topics. And it walks through the Book of Mormon. It walks through their teachings of Jesus, of God. It, it goes in-depth with every single aspect of Mormonism that you could think of. Um, but it's a great resource online. Again, that's mrm.org. So be sure to check that out. Well, don't forget this weekend we are addressing the topic debt and bankruptcy. Is it okay to walk away? Our, our entire country is in a state right now where our economy is not very good and a lot of people are struggling. So this weekend we're going to seek to answer the questions that they're asking and meet them where they are to share what God's Word says about things like debt, things about foreclosure, about bankruptcy, and hopefully give some people a plan uh, as to how they can take steps forward in terms of their current situation. And then next Tuesday... October the 27th, we're going to be having a special prayer service on our Pebble campus just to pray about the state of our country, our economy, and our church, and pray for some of those people who are really struggling and going through a lot, and just pray that our church could be a breath of fresh air in the midst of a situation uh, that, is, that is very, very difficult right now. Well, thanks for tuning in to Going Deeper. Have a great week, and we'll see you this weekend. Shapes who you 